Welcome to episode number five of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. We're looking to increase awareness of combustibleless hazards, generate lessons learned from incidents as they occur, and create a worldwide global community around workplace safety involving combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney, and in today's episode, we'll be covering the 2018 Combustible Dust Incident Report, the mid-year report that we sent out in July of this year. In the episode, we'll be covering a summary of the report, how many explosions were found, how many fire incidents were found, uh, what the materials and industries that were most typically involved, and then some of what we learned from analyzing this data. This is the third year that we've been doing the incident reporting. We released a report at the end of 2016, two reports in 2017, uh, and then the mid-year report in 2018, and we're just working on the year-end incident report for 2018 as well. If you're interested in the written version of the report, you can go to dustsafetyscience.com slash five and download the 2016, 2017, and 2018 reports. We also have links there to articles that we've written in industry and trade magazines such as Chemical Engineering, uh, Powder and Bulk Solids, Bulk Inside, and Canadian Biomass on the Combustible Dust Instant Database and the reporting that we've been doing. It's important to note that there are other data sets out there that have been looking at combustible dust. In particular, the U.S. Chemical Safety Board just released their 2005 through to 2016 data set. Um, and they actually released that last week after we had recorded this episode. So we haven't had a chance to look at that and include it in what you're going to hear in the episode today. It's also important to note by way of disclaimer that, that finding this information is actually quite difficult. At Dust Safety Science, we rely a lot on uh, publicly available news sources, uh, news articles, industry trade articles, and often this information is incomplete. Um, it may be, it may contain errors, and it's important just to, to note that when you look at the incident reporting that we're doing and take that into account. These are really a, a snapshot or a look of a sub-slice of the incidents that are actually occurring around the world and then providing analysis on that. And our hope is that as we go forward and we're collecting more information, improving our methods, we'll be able to get more and more into the, the bottom of what's actually happening with these incidents to provide guidance through to how we should tackle workplace safety involving combustible dust. If you have any questions involving combustible dust, you can go to dustsafetyscience.com slash ask, A-S-K, and ask them there. And we'll bring on experts from around the world to answer those questions and look into the topics that are provided from the listeners. And with that, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the mid-year combustible dust incident report from 2018. In the episode, we're going to be covering the industries that we found fires and explosions occurring in, the materials involved, um, the equipment involved, and then some of the underlying concepts and themes that we saw throughout the incident reporting in 2018. The incident reporting is really part of the combustible dust incident database that we're keeping at dustsafetyscience.com. And this is an open online platform to be able to track fires and explosions around the world so we can generate lessons learned from these incidents. If you're a person that's involved in explosion safety, if you're a health and safety professional, um, or if you're just in an industry working for or, or owning an operation that handles combustible dust, this information is really meant to start collecting that so that you can use it to better increase workplace safety in your industry or in your, your operation. In this episode, we'll be talking about a lot of different numbers, and it may be hard to, to keep up in the audio format, but if you want to download the incident report, you can do that in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash five, and that will have everything that we're discussing in this podcast episode uh, included there, and then all of the analysis there as well. So I want to start with just a summary of the fires, explosions, injuries, and fatalities that we found both in North America but internationally, and just talking a bit about some of the, the worst case or most severe incidents that we found. 
Then we'll compare that to the U.S. Chemical Safety Board, the historical data that they've sent out between 1980 and 2005. And then we'll dig into the materials, industries, and equipment involved and some of the underlying themes that we saw from the incident reporting in this period. From January 2018 through to July 1st, 2018, we recorded 75 fires, 14 explosions, 9 injuries, and 1 fatality in North America in the incident database. And internationally, we recorded 14 fires, 12 explosions, 31 injuries, and 8 fatalities. Overall, the 9 fatalities that we recorded in the first half of 2018 occurred in 3 different incidents. The first two were in grain elevators, one in South Sioux City, Nebraska, and then the second one in Port Aquaba, Jordan. The South Sioux City grain elevator explosion occurred on May 29, 2018. At the time of the explosion, three workers were getting ready to transfer grain in the elevator. Although there are limited details available publicly, witnesses stated that the explosion started at the top of the elevator and worked its way down, blowing out several of the cement walls. And photos from news agencies showed uh, a, a very large hole, several stories high, blown clear through the, the elevator after the explosion. So OSHA was initially dispatched to investigate this incident, but had to stop the investigation as they found that the company had too small number of employees to qualify as being under OSHA's purview. Unfortunately, two of the workers were injured in this explosion, and one actually passed away on July 13th of 2018. Although the investigation of the incident appears to be finished, at least from a, a public perspective, Sosu City is suing the grain elevator owner for more than $120,000 cover emergency expenses connected with the incident, and in particular, tearing down the structure that was deemed unsafe um, and evacuation of residents in the nearby area. The most severe explosion recorded in the first half of 2018 in terms of live lo lives lost occurred in Port Aquaba, Jordan on May 14th. At the time of the incident, workers were working to uh, demolish the grain elevator that was actually being moved. And during cutting of tanks in the vicinity of oxygen cylinders, an initial explosion was initiated. Photos from the incident shows burn marks inside, on equipment inside the silos and ruptures of casings around bucket elevators. And the, the explosion resulted in blowing out several of the walls in the grain elevator itself. Nine workers were injured in total with five passing away during the first week following the incident. A news report stated that a sixth worker passed away on May 21st and a seventh on May 29th. At least one company has been charged in violation of standard safety procedures in relation to the Port Aquaba incident. The third fatal dust incident was actually a dust fire in central India that occurred at a polymer and resin facility. There's limited information available, but it is stated that the fire started at 7.30 p.m. and was confined to the flocculent and drying section of the resin facility. It was stated in news reports that only the fluid bed dryer equipment was affected. The flocculation, flash dryer, and resin bins were not involved. However, it did state that the bag hose of the fluid bed dryer would need repairs. 12 laborers were present at the time of the fire uh, and one suffered injuries while another was fatally killed. I want to highlight these three incidents just to, to one kind of pay tribute to the, the lives lost, but two, to show that this is both a, a global problem. It's not just in North America or just internationally. And it's not just an explosion or a fire problem. Both of them can cause injury, both of them can cause fatalities, and both of them can cause damages to industrial facilities and equipment. 
I want to switch gears now and talk about comparing the incident data that we've seen in 2016, 2017, and the first half of 2018 to historical data available from the U.S. Chemical Safety Board covering dust explosions only in, in North America, and in particular in the United States. Keeping in mind that we, we don't actually record everything that occurs because most dust explosions are underreported or misreported as uh, either vapor explosions or gas explosions, but keeping that in mind, it's useful to start to compare what we're seeing with the incident database today to historical data that's available. In the incident report, we did this by comparing to the combustible dust hazard study published by the U.S. Chemical Safety Board in 2006. In their study, they covered the period from 1980 to 2005. Over this 26-year period, they found an average of 11 explosions per year, 28 injuries per year, and 5 fatalities per year from combustible dust explosions. However, if you look at the last five years, so 2001 and 2005, to 2005, you see quite a bit of an increase. So the average explosions then become 19 per year. You see 43 injuries per year and almost double the number of fatalities, nine fatalities per year. This suggests that over time, either we're recording more incidents that happen, we're capturing more of the overall picture, or that there are actually more explosions happening um, that are more severe and causing more fatalities. And this could make sense as well because Equipment's getting faster, it's getting more automated, there's less people involved in the process, so this could be causing more explosions. Looking to our, our data from 2016 to 2018, covering this three-year period, uh, we found an average of 28 explosions per year, 24 injuries per year, and average number of fatalities of four per year. So we're actually seeing quite a few more explosions than reported in the U.S. Chemical Safety Board data. Again, this could be just coverage. Um, it could actually be that there's more explosions occurring. Either way, we are registering more than, than seeing that historical data, but we're also seeing less injuries and less fatalities than they saw over their period from 2001 to 2005. So this could suggest and tentatively suggest that there are more explosions happening, but because of more heightened awareness, maybe these are less severe. As we move into the end of 2018 and recording into the incident database, in the years ahead, we'll be able to test these hypotheses as we are moving forward. Now we're going to dig into the data a little bit deeper and look at the materials involved, the industries involved, and the equipment that we're seeing involved, and compare this to the overall loss in terms of, of human injuries and human fatalities and damages to the facility. Looking at the worldwide incident data, including both fires and explosions, between 50 and 60% of all incidents are involving wood products or food products. This includes many different materials, including sawdust, wood chips, corn, grain, cellulose, soybeans, flour, um, and any other different foodstuffs or wood products materials. Metal dust accounted for approximately 10% of the fire and explosion incidents, while coal involved in either mining or power production involved about 7%. Overall, about 25% or a quarter of the incidents involved other materials including paper, carbon, sulfur, textile, toner, plastic, and resins. In the mid-year report, we dove into the incidents involving wood materials and food materials quite extensively to look at the different trends involved. And we'll look at these other materials as we record more incidents and start getting actual larger numbers of the fires and explosions involving these materials. Breaking down the incidents into wood products and food products, we saw 33 fires, 5 explosions, 10 injuries, and 0 fatalities with incidents involving wood products. 
Well, on the other side, we saw 24 fires, 12 explosions, 14 injuries, and 8 fatalities in incidents involving food products. So this brings us to one of our kind of first points that we saw in the data. Although both the wood products and food products had similar total number of incidents, the proportion of fires in wood product incidents was higher, while the proportion of explosions in food products was higher. And in conjunction with that, the severity in terms of injuries and fatalities was also higher in food products that had the more larger number of explosions. However, you look at this information in terms of the industries involved and the overall damages from the fires and explosions, you actually see reversal of this. So out of the 11 incidents that were recorded as having damages in excess of a million dollars, six of them involved wood processing operations, while only two of them involved food processing operations. Combining this with the previous observation that wood products tend to have more explosions, which have higher severity in terms of lives, uh, injuries, and lives lost, then you see that maybe the obvious conclusion that fires tend to lead to larger damages, while explosions tend to lead to larger loss of life, which is really interesting to see in live time, and also to compare that to the fires typically happening in large proportions in wood processing operations, while the explosions tend to happen in larger proportions in food processing operations. In the last section analyzing the, the incident data from the first half of 2018, I want to look at the equipment involved, tying this back to this previous observation, and then we'll do a little bit of discussion about the actual causes and what information still needs to be determined there. The incident report suggested that dust collectors resulted in almost 25% of the incidents that were seen, both fires and explosions. Comparing this to historical data, the CSB reports re reports numbers as high as 40% involvement from dust collectors. Storage silos, bins, and elevators also made up a large proportion of incidents. And often it's very hard to tell from the reporting that's given in news reports or media outlets what piece of equipment's actually being used between a, uh, a silo grain dryer, a storage silo, a storage bin, um, or the elevator lag section of a, of a grain elevator. So these may be mixed in and kind of lumped together. However, we do see some interesting results come out of this when we look at the number of fires and explosions in these different types of equipment. In the first half of 2018, 25 fires were reported in dust collectors. Only three explosions were reported in the dust collectors. In storage silos and elevators, the, the percentage was almost equal. So storage silos had eight fires and nine explosions, while elevators and conveyors had seven fires and five explosions. So this ties back into wood processing and food processing in that a lot of wood processing operations have dust collectors to collect the sawdust. These are more frequently having fires and explosions, which are leading to these high loss in terms of, of facility damages, fires that are occurring in the sawdust collection operations. On the food processing side, they tend to have more storage silos. They tend to have more elevators and conveying systems. And under these scenarios, you have a larger proportion of explosions. You also have a larger proportion of uh, losses in terms of injuries and fatalities that are occurring. This again demonstrates that both fire and explosion hazards are important to consider when uh, putting safety systems in place in these facilities, but also it starts to show some of the trends and information that's coming out of the data saying how these losses are occurring. In terms of causes of the fires and explosions, this is really where the incident database is lacking at the current time. There's very little public information available. Um, in very many, many instances, it could be incorrect information as the people that are providing it 
through news agencies may not be well informed. Um, so it's very hard to get an inform information on the core or root cause of these fires and explosions as they occur. This will be a big area of focus for the incident reporting and the incident database moving into the future. We'll be looking at cross-referencing information with other databases like the U.S. Chemical Safety Board, like OSHA investigation reports and other health and safety investigation reports from countries around the world. We'll also look at doing some more checking in on our own. So we'll look to do things like calling fire marshals, calling fire stations, seeing if they can report at least some more information to give more of the root cause understanding of these instances as they occur. However, an important note from the, the large severity instance in terms of dollars or in terms of damages is that each one of the seven, each one of the six rather wood processing operations that had more than a million dollar losses cited or, or mentioned accumulation of sawdust just in the facility or in the wall space or in the rafters or in the floor as being a large contributing factor to the severity of the resulting fire after the, the initial fire or after the initial explosion. So this just goes to show the, the conclusion that hostkeeping plays a really important role here in after the initial incident occurs in the secondary effects and how bad the, the resulting uh, incident can be. And that really concludes the analysis and information that we completed with the 115 fire and explosion incidents that we recorded in the incident database in the first half of 2016. If you actually want to go through and look at these incidents, again, you can download the mid-year incident report from the show notes, dustsafetyscience.com slash five, or you can go to the database itself, which is dustsafetyscience.com slash database. I just want to end the show by going through four of the main conclusions from our analysis of the incident reports in the first half of the year. The first conclusion was that the number of explosion incidents in North America appears to be increasing when compared to historical data. Uh, however, the overall severity, at least comparing to the time frame from 2001 to 2005 from the Chemical Safety Board seems to be decreasing. So we're having a lower number of total injuries and a lower number of fatalities, which is going down closer to the 26-year trend that the CSB reported. The second conclusion is that, that wood products and food products make up a large percentage of the total number of incidents. And this is consistent with, the again, the U.S. Chemical Safety Board data and their historical data. The third conclusion is that wood processing operations tend to involve a larger proportion of fires than explosions. Um, this may be tied to the use of dust collection systems for sawdust. This also results in larger facility losses in terms of dollars and damages done to the facility. And then the fourth and final conclusion is that food processing operations, which make up the, the other large percentage of total incidents, tend to have a larger proportion of explosions which tend to lead to more injuries and more fatalities than seen in, in wood processing operations, or at least in terms of proportion. As we mentioned a couple times, it's important to keep in mind that, that dust explosions and dust fires are typically underreported. So we're only seeing a, a sampling or a percentage of the total incidents that are occurring. Uh, but as we, as we move forward in time, as we are able to collect more incidents as they're occurring, we'll be able to test these hypotheses and we'll be able to go deeper into the actual root causes that are occurring and causing these fires and explosions in the first place. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Dust Safety Science Podcast in reviewing the combustible dust fire and explosion incidents from the first half of 2018. As I mentioned a couple times in the episode, we are currently working on the year-end 2018 report. 
And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge and thank the companies and sponsors that we have for the incident reporting. So for the mid-year report, we include our Dust Safety Science member companies. These are companies that are listed on the website at dustsafetyscience.com slash members. And these companies include ANPAC, AT Industrial Products, Boss Products, CV Technology, Delphin, Fauskin Associates, IEP Technologies, Nilfisk, Rembi, and Central. And these companies really are supporting the incident research through being member companies and also supporting the Combustible Dust Incident Database. In the incident report itself, we also had several other companies that provided sponsorship support. These included Fike, EXNB, Camphill, EPM Consulting, Spacevac International, BWF Envirotech, Balkan Side, Powder and Bulk Solids, and Jensen Hughes. So we really appreciate the help and support from these companies to perform this research. Um, we encourage you to go check them out. So you can do that at the incident in the incident report itself. Um, and for the member companies, you can see them at dustsafetyscience.com slash members. And with that, I just want to thank you again for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you next week.